Thank you for listening to this selection from bradhambrick.com. Brad serves as pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and is excited to produce resources that equip believers and resource churches to care well for one another in their community. We pray that this serves you well, and we hope that you'll consider utilizing other resources from bradhambrick.com for your personal growth and ministry endeavors. we come to uh, the final piece here, to steward all of my life for the glory of God. Um, And as we do that, we just remember what it means to steward. To steward something means to use it for God's intended purpose. It is important to remember that what is being stewarded is the life of the group member in general and not the suffering specifically. That it is very easy to think after we have been through something like this that this is the only area that I can minister in. This is the only thing that I can do. And, and to be honest, if this is your experience, when you are ready, this is something that you want to use as a part of ministry. As we have heard echoed before, I think it is a needed area of testimony within the life of the church. But this is not the only way that you can serve. If you took that mindset, you would be defining yourself by the sin and suffering you have been through. And no child of God should be defined by their sin and suffering. The bulk of this chapter is nine questions where you begin to look at who God made you to be. Your life experiences, your personality, your gifts, your talents, your spiritual gifts. What are the things that God has brought into your life That is what you are stewarding. Now, um, this next thought here is is where we get very, where I think we're often very cautious about stewarding this kind of event. Being a living testimony to the transforming power of God's grace can feel exposing. Uh, We must be willing, when appropriate, to share what God has done on our behalf. For many who experience suffering, This will be difficult, not because they're unappreciative, but because sharing God's grace also means sharing their suffering. And again, don't hear me at all rushing anyone into this. Um, But remember that repeated theme. We wish we knew someone who had been through this and their marriage had been restored and we had somebody that we could talk to. Now, as you consider the timing of that, I think there's three things that you have to ask. Are you ready? Is your spouse ready? And is your family ready? When Gary and Mona Shriver wrote their book, one of the things that they did first is they went to their kids and they asked their permission. Uh, Because this is not the kind of ministry that is something that can be done in an individualistic fashion. Even the kids who had nothing to do with it, they were still affected by that. And Again, I think it is something that when we do this, we need, to, we need to ask that. Now you say, how do I know when I'm ready? I think the measure there is that when we can hear someone else's story without a traumatic reflex. Um, it, and you say, well, what would my role be? I'm not sure I, I'm up for that. Your role would simply be to allow your testimony to bring truth to life and make it believable. Our goal in creating the resource that we have is to create much of the content and the structure of that 
But if you can imagine being here on the front end of the journey, you can hear all of this content. What you want is an example. What you want is somebody who has lived that journey. And so what we want to do is to give the part that usually requires you know, academic training and study and experience and sitting down with lots of couples and that kind of thing. We want to put that in a format that you can use to be so structure, to put your testimony on and bring that structure to life in a way that this structure would be very hard to penetrate in the life of another person. And that does require vulnerability. And we ask, what is vulnerability? Vulnerability is the willingness to take the risk of allowing any event, belief, preference, interest, or emotion of your life to be on the table when it is useful to glorify God by encouraging a fellow believer, allowing a fellow believer to encourage you, or to evangelize an unbeliever. It is this disposition that breathes life and authenticity into the relationships and allows them to be mutually enjoyable, enriching, and character-shaping. And the key word in there, I would say, is willingness. Because when I am willing, and I say, God, if it is ever useful for this part of my life to bless another person, to allow somebody to minister to me, I will put this on the table. Well, at that point, I don't have to live in constant fear. And I can also recognize that this is not something that's frequently relevant. This is not an area of life that I'm just going to be walking and going, hey, do you want to know a story about me? Uh, But when it is relevant, God, you have my yes. Uh, This is on the table. And that is good for me because it allows me to step out of the fear that hinders so many of my relationships. And C.S. Lewis, I think, gives us a, a closing picture of why that is so very, very important. Uh, from his book, The Four Loves. He says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe uh, in a casket or coffin of your own selfishness. And again, I don't want you to hear that at the end of this seminar as a condemning sin-based statement. Um, But just that kind of self-protective style of relating. But in that casket, safe, dark, and motionless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy or at least the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all dangers and perturbations of love is hell. I would make a a point here that this is an end-of-the-journey truth. This is something that we can see better from the end of the journey, not something that we need to be impressed upon us at the beginning of the journey. But by the time you begin to hit steps 7, 8, 9, you're going to begin to see that I am faced with a choice. A choice to love or not to love. To be vulnerable or not to be vulnerable. And that's where I hope the progression of trust, defining what forgiveness means, defining non-negotiables, all the things that we have done allows 
allows vulnerability not to seem like an irrational risk, but when he says we will be broken or unbreakable, we begin to realize that the alternative to pain is not as attractive as we thought. And when we say safe from the dangers of love, yet we don't have as much of a solution as we wanted. We came to this seminar wanting an answer. Tell me what I can do so that I can love and still be safe. What we have, I hope, what I do believe we have and what I hope you have received and seen in the midst of this is a God who is faithful, who makes vulnerability reasonable, and is able to be trusted. And I think there is only one fitting way uh, to end, and that is to pray uh, and come to that God and ask Him for the strength uh, to continue on the journey He has us on. Lord, we come to You. We thank You for Your faithfulness and tenderness in the midst of suffering. That You do not drive us as an angry, impatient shepherd, but that You walk with Your sheep through the valley of the shadow of death patiently and calmly because you are in control and you are strong. And as our fears dart to and fro and we bleat at the many dangers that we see, help us to look up to your rod and your staff which guide us. Help us to be reminded of the pastures that you take us to. Help us to see your faithfulness that you are the pioneer who has already walked these roads before us. That we would take comfort from that and that you would give us wisdom as we continue to follow after you in the midst of the hurt and the confusion that may still remain. 